Gracious God, we give You thanks for this day, and we call upon Your breath to once again breathe on us. God, wherever we are, whoever we may be with, remind us that we are with You. Breathe on us again, breath of God. On this Memorial Day weekend, we remember those in our great cloud of witnesses who offered their lives in service to this country. Breathe on us, breath of God. Amen. Breath. Breath. I have a five-year-old at home who is fascinated with breathing right now. Um, She wants to show the world how long she can hold her breath. Did you ever try to do this too? Dad, look how long I can hold my breath. How long was that, Dad? Um, 15 minutes. That was remarkable. Good job. So good. Probably thought more about your breathing this past year than you did uh, since those days, right? This past year, we've all been thinking about our breath a lot. In the midst of a pandemic where our breath, we fear, could be harmful to those around us. We, we, we block our breath. We control who we breathe around. We, we try to protect one another from breathing on each other, this thing that we've taken for granted for so long. Out of this pandemic season, I believe that we're probably aware of some breathing issues that we have as a people. Perhaps we're aware of these in new ways. I'm not talking about the virus. I'm talking about Perhaps um, those of us who feel like we've had the wind knocked out of us. Do you remember that feeling when you were on the monkey bars and fell off for the first time? Maybe you lost your job as a result of the pandemic. Maybe home life is not what you hoped it would be. Maybe you've lost someone that you love deeply. Maybe you lost them sooner than you were hoping you would. Have you had the wind knocked out of you? Some of us have a hard time catching our breath because that anxiety or that depression has set in in a deeper, more profound way this past year than perhaps it did before. Maybe you were part of the epidemic like I was of anxiety and depression pre-pandemic, but maybe you're one of the millions who can't catch your breath for the very first time. And then some of us in our midst are being suffocated. This week marks the year anniversary of George Floyd's murder, and while there is hope in the fact that because we were all stuck at home and forced to do nothing except to uh, watch the video and deal with this crisis as a people a year ago because we we were in the midst of this pandemic and, and there's been accountability and we hope that there is justice, and while the conversation and action surrounding anti-racism is moving in a way that we are um, encouraged by, it's also uh, the 100th anniversary of the Tulsa bombings, a chapter in our nation's history that Many people, myself included, knew nothing about until recently. And to make matters even worse, the the very story of the Tulsa bombings is under threat in our classrooms right now in states across our country because people are scared to talk about race. While friends, brothers, sisters, siblings, we've called each other, are suffocating, literally and figuratively. We have some breathing problems. 
as a people. Do you hear me, church? And last week was Pentecost. It was the day when the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 rushes into a room full of people, kind of like this. I don't know that online ministry existed in those days, but you're included too, those of us who are joining online today. And the Holy Spirit rushes in like a fire, and, and the lungs and chests and breath of the people gathered there are filled with that Spirit power, and the church is born. We celebrated this day last week, but my friends, that is not the first time that she breathed in the church. Pentecost is not the first time the Holy Spirit visited us. In fact, if we turn back to the earliest pages of our Bibles, we'll see her there, ruach, that Hebrew word for breath, for spirit, for life, encounters us long before the holy day of Pentecost. And so today, we're beginning a new worship series called Encounters, where we will be taking a look at some of those stories from the Old Testament, from the Hebrew Bible where ruach, that breath, that spirit shows up, and we encounter God's presence in a unique and powerful way. Today, we're going to look at the second creation story found in Genesis chapter 2. In Genesis 1, ruach is there hovering over the waters of creation. But in Genesis 2, ruach shows up in a more intimate way. Let's take a look at that story together now and consider how we are created and called to be as a people filled with God's breath. Genesis chapter 2, if you have your Bibles with you or on your phone, you can open to there now, beginning in verse 4b, very specific. On the day the Lord God made earth and sky, before any wild plants appeared on the earth and before any field crops grew, because the Lord God hadn't yet sent rain on the earth and there was still no human being to farm the fertile land, though a stream rose from the earth and watered all the fertile land, but the author digresses, the Lord God formed the human from the topsoil of the fertile land and blew life's breath into their nostrils. And the human came to life. The Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east and put there the human that God had formed. Blew into this human's nostrils. And the human came to life. As I said, this is the second creation story. There's two authors going back and forth in the book of Genesis, and, and this author uh, tells the creation story in a very different way, so different, in fact, that God has a different name. This author chooses to refer to God using not Elohim, as we hear God referred to in chapter 1, but instead as what we say Yahweh. That's our English transliteration. But it's more than just a name difference. There's something about this name Yahweh that I think deserves our attention. I'm not going to explain it as well as Father Richard Rohr does in his book called The Naked Now, Learning to See the Mystic. So I want to share with you what Father Richard Rohr says about this name, Yahweh. As we Christians spell and pronounce it, the word is Yahweh. In Hebrew, it is the, now get this, sacred tetragrammaton, word of the day. If you can spell it, you get bonus points. It's the sacred tetragrammaton yod heh vah I'm told that those are the only consonants in the Hebrew alphabet that are not articulated with lips and tongue. Rather, they are breathed with the tongue relaxed and the lips apart. yod heh was considered a literally unspeakable word for Jews 
And any attempt to know what they were talking about was, quote, in vain, he says. He goes on to say this, this unspeakability has long been recognized, but now we know it goes even deeper than that. Formally, the name of God was not, could not be spoken at all, only breathed. He says, many are convinced that its correct pronunciation is an attempt to replicate and imitate the very sound of inhalation and exhalation. Therefore, hmm, the one thing we do every moment of our lives is to speak the name of God. I told you he says it better than I could. Richard Rohr, the naked now. yod Hey vah God's name is quite literally breath. God's presence with us is somehow in our breathing. Before we are even made aware of God's presence in our lives, God's name is within our lungs and between our lips, but it goes even further than that. God breathes this ruach, that same word for Holy Spirit, that same word for breath is breathed into our nostrils, and then we come alive. In Genesis chapter 1, it is said that we bear the image of God, but in Genesis chapter 2, we don't just bear the image of God in some passing resemblance to the divinity. We bear the image of God deep within our bones, within our flesh, within our lungs. God's Spirit lives within our breath. We call this concept in, in Wesleyan theology, in the Methodist tradition, we call this provenient grace. It's this grace and love of God that is at work and alive in every single person's life before we are even aware of who God is, before we can articulate a faith in anything or anyone. God's name is within our lips, and God's love is at work in our lives. Provenient grace. Another way to say it this Sunday would be this. My friends, breathe deeply, and this time I'm saying this for real. Wherever you are, for those in the room, breathe deeply. And know that you are deeply loved. Breathe deeply. And know that you are deeply loved. The story continues. I'm going to skip a few verses about rivers and land and gemstones and stuff. And so then it says this. The Lord God said, it's not good that the human is alone. I will make him a helper. That's not the best word to be used there. Helper in English sounds kind of subordinated. The word is azer. In fact, in Scripture, God is referred to as an azer for people. So uh, even though that sounds like a diminutive word, it's, it, there's really none of that in the original Hebrew the, the, I will make this person a helper, God says, that is perfect for them. So the Lord God formed from the fertile land all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky and brought them to the human to see what this person would name them. The human gave each living being its name, naked mole rat. But a helper perfect for them was nowhere to be found. Isn't it interesting that the moment we receive this living breath of God, the moment that we are brought to life, God brings us by God's side and invites us to co-create. 
Isn't that interesting? There's something about God being alive within us, and as that breath of life comes in, but then once it comes out, that co-creation begins. My friends, when we breathe, we are invited to co-create with God. Don't waste your breath. This brings up questions for me. I don't know about you. What are those words? What are those cryings out? What are those speakings out that will come from my lips? What am I saying with the breath that I have in my lungs, with the Holy Spirit alive in me? What am I naming in the world around me? It's important. It's sacred to name in the world. What am I doing with my life that is so strenuous and yet so spiritual and sacred that it literally wears me out and drives the breath right out of me until I'm out of breath? When we breathe, we are invited to co-create. Don't waste your breath. One of the ways that we are choosing not to waste our breath here at Arapaho United Methodist Church is through our work in anti-racism. It's ongoing, and we have not perfected it, but it's work that we are about. This week, I'm not sure what day precisely, but by next Sunday, we will have an installation in our North Lawn called the Say Their Names Memorial. And I, wanna, I, wanna make this, uh, 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 I want to make you aware of this and invite you, if you live close enough to the church to drive, I want to invite you to come and, and to participate in this memorial. It's, a, it's put together by a group called the Lake Highlands uh, Moms and More Against Racism. And essentially, it is headshot portraits of black men and women who have been um, victimized and killed as a result of police brutality. And their faces and their names will be in our North Lawn for you to come through and to pray through and to breathe through, to say those names, because naming is important. But more than that, we pray and we trust that the Holy Spirit will show up in this space and amongst us as a people to inspire us to then be about the kind of work that can make us out of breath in the best possible way, because while we may be encouraged, we know that there is so much more work yet to be done, but we believe this is spiritual work. We believe churches should be engaged in this work. At Arapaho, we believe that anti-racism goes hand-in-hand hand with following after Jesus. It's a part of our discipleship. So I hope that you'll make plans. It'll be here for a few weeks. It's coming to us from Hamilton Park United Methodist Church, sister church of ours to the east. And actually, I've got some interesting news to share about our partnership later on in this worship service. But I hope that you will come. I hope you will pray and breathe and name in this space. For those of you who can only join us online, we're going to work to figure out a way that you can encounter this memorial in a meaningful way as well. Now, I know that God has placed upon your heart more passions um, in, in your life, and so in addition to this Say Their Names Memorial, I want to invite you this week to go home and so, spend some time simply breathing and praying and inviting the Holy Spirit into your lungs, into your heart, into your soul, and to ask her this question, what would you have me do? How could I not waste my breath with these lungs, with this life that I've been given? How can I act out, speak out, cry out, love out in the name of your justice and mercy and love? So the story continues and concludes for chapter 2. After the human has made, or God has made every animal and the human has named them all and not found a perfect azer. It says, so the Lord God put the human into a deep and heavy sleep. 
and took one of their ribs and closed up the flesh over it. With the rib taken from the human, the Lord God fashioned a woman and brought her to the human being. And the human said, this one finally is bone from my bones, flesh from my flesh. flesh. She will be called a woman because from a man she was taken. These words in Hebrew are actually just two play on words of the name of the word for human. She'll be called a human and I'll be called a human because she and I are from the same dirt. God sees this person in the midst of all wondrous creation and splendor, amidst all the animals, all the birds, all the naked mole rats, and says, it's not good that they be alone. Of course, they're not alone. They're surrounded by creation, but that's not the kind of alone that God is talking about, right? It's that kind of alone that you feel when you're disconnected from other people because there's something about people. There's something about even one person. If you can find one person that's your kind of person, the kind of people that we've been denied to be around for the last year. Do you know what I'm talking about? That level of human connection is created into us. It comes with the gift of the Holy Spirit, this reaching out and desiring to be with, but not just with anyone, with bone of our bone, flesh of our flesh. Let me talk about what I'm, let me, what I'm getting at here. This is poetry, right? Say amen. This is poetry. A little quick biblical, uh, 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 teaching some biblical literacy here. Uh, so let me be poetic for a moment. The rib that's taken, the rib that's taken from the person. Why, why a rib? Well, maybe it's because the rib is a bone, and bones are the things that are closest to dust in our bodies. And in fact, after our bodies are long gone, the bones will eventually decay and turn to dust. So maybe there's something about the dustiness of our bones that God is connecting these people. And then the rib is placed most closely to our lungs, this, this spot, this house, this seat of the Holy Spirit, this dust that's been formed and made so close to the Spirit alive in this person now is going to become bone of their bone, flesh of their flesh. And no, I'm not talking about marriage right now. I'm talking about community. Have you ever met people that are bone of your bone, flesh of your flesh? If you can find that in a, in a life partner, great, hallelujah, but you can find this in other people in places as well. Have you ever met someone who's bone of your bone, flesh of your flesh? They see you in a way that no one else really sees you. Am I the only one that was part of the cultural zeitgeist this past week of the Friends reunion? It's that family you choose, the folks that you can be away from for years, and then when you come back, it is like time never stopped. Bone of your bone, flesh of your flesh. Do you have Azers in your life? That is what God is talking about in this moment. That is what the human so desperately needs. Somebody who sees them and loves them as much as God does. Sees them and loves them with the same eyes and the same heart and the same love that God has. As human beings, we are called to share the air with people who see and love us in the same way that God does who see that divine image, that divine spark that lies deep within you. Because it is wonderful to sit and to breathe deeply and to know that God loves us just as deeply as, and more so than that. It is good to be out in the world and to speak and act and, and be about the love and justice and mercy that God would have wear us out. But in order to sustain us in this life, to understand the depth of God's love, we need people, we need people, we need people who can see us and love us in the same way that God does. 
And maybe what you're thinking right now is, Scott, that sounds wonderful, but I don't know what that feels like. I don't have Azers in my life. I don't have anybody who sees me for who I am and loves me for who I am. I understand that. I've been in places like that in my life before as well. All I have to say in that is that we at Arapahoe UMC, and I think the room will say an amen when I say this, want to be the kind of church that can be Azers for the forgotten, for the folks who feel overlooked, who can see and love every single child of God as God would see and love them. I think that's the kind of community we're trying to create here. If that's true, would I hear an amen? And so what I can say is if you are looking for Azers in your life, could you be courageous just enough, bold just enough to reach out? Shoot me an email. Go to our website. Let us know you're tuning in. I know there are folks that have been watching for months but haven't let us know you're there. I want you to feel seen. We want you to feel loved. And as we're coming out of COVID time, we're beginning to spin up more opportunities for community faithful community, whether that's in small groups, whether that is in um, events that are put together, whether that is online or in person or both or something else in between, we want to help foster that kind of community so that everybody who steps into this place and comes into contact with this community can know that they are seen and loved exactly in the same way as God does. So let us know. We're here to be an Azer for you. Breathe, my friends you do nothing else today, just breathe. And know that from the earliest ripples of Scripture, you are deeply loved. Don't waste your breath. And share the air with those who see and love you in the same way as God.